Hello everyone and welcome to Sustainability Explored, a podcast where every week, as you already know, we interview leading professionals, thought leaders and overall disruptive minds in the field of sustainability to hear and share their views on the present and the future of the world through the prism of sustainable development. Today with us we have Ben Grossman, co-president of Grossman Marketing Group and the founder of Swag Cycle, a company or a platform, if you wish, that facilitates managing the life cycle of all types of branded merchandise and keeps unwanted branded items out of the landfill by, by helping repurpose and recycle them in a responsible, ethical and affordable way. Ben is a regular blogger on green marketing and green business, and his blog can be reached at um, sustainableinc.org. He is a super inspiring individual, and I guarantee you will learn a ton from this interview. So stay with us and enjoy the episode. I'm ready to welcome Ben in a second. Well, I'm super excited to welcome Ben Grossman on this podcast. Ben, welcome to the show. Very happy you reached out. Very happy to be sitting here today with you and discussing textile and waste. I was stopping for a second to say fashion, but we'll figure out during this episode if it's really fashion or not. So the first question to you, I know that you are the fourth generation of business runner family business called Grossman Marketing Group, and you are the founder of a startup called Swag Cycle. Uh, You're focused on responsibly managing the life cycle of branded merchandise, specifically branded merchandise. How did you find your way towards um, founding Swag Cycle? What preceded it? What motivated you? How did you end up doing what you're doing? Anna, thank you so much for having me with you today. I'm so grateful to have the chance to connect with you and your listeners. I have so much respect for the work that you do and the content that you share with the world. And I'm just uh, thrilled to spend a few minutes together today. So uh, thank you. So you, you did get it right. Our family business is Grossman Marketing Group. It's a fourth generation family business founded by my great-grandfather, Max Grossman, in 1910. And our business has a heritage in the print industry, but the vast majority of our business today is branded merchandise, logoed products. And I, I, I love the branded merchandise industry. We have a lot of fun with it. We help companies connect with their constituents and their employees. And I'm proud that our family business has become one of the nation's leading firms in the space. However, one thing that's bothered me for years is that when companies rebrand or get acquired, a lot of swag unfortunately can find its way to a landfill. And I've been working with my team to solve this problem. And that was the genesis of Swag Cycle. I've been involved in environmental causes for about 15 years. I've been uh, deeply involved with an organization in Massachusetts that's a national nonprofit called Product Stewardship Institute. And it's all about producer responsibility for the life cycle of items. And that gave me some thoughts about thinking through with organizations, product life cycle management and landfill divergence and trying to keep obsolete items out of landfills when they no longer become useful. 
And that's how we built SwagCycle. And what we did was we did an exhaustive survey of recycling organizations in the country of hard to recycle products, as well as built a database of charitable partners of the, and based on the kinds of items they were interested in receiving. So we help companies today take their obsolete goods and hopefully uh, re repurpose them with a worthy charity. But sometimes due to brand guidelines, items, items and cycle or recycle the items in a responsible way. Right. Is it a commercial project or a non-for-profit non project? It's a commercial project. So we do help a lot of charities. And, and as of today, and I know we're recording uh, in the spring of 2021, we have facilitated more than a half million dollars of charitable donations. Um, and we've kept more than 200,000 items out of landfills. And those numbers are growing every day. Uh, we are the only company in our industry that's doing anything like this. And pe people are finding us. Uh, and I think the big reason is that due to COVID, companies have consolidated. There's been a lot of acquisitions, a lot of rebranding efforts, a lot of office closures, and people find these items and find these pockets of inventory and they go online and search for recycle obsolete swag or donate branded merchandise and they find swag cycle and we're thrilled to be their partner right so cool so just for the listeners who are coming from a lot of different countries and this is a question that i started having because for me having my first language being ukrainian i would assume branded merchandise this is something different that you might think for your circle it is. So we distinguish here brand is brand and branded merchandise is with the saying and the logo and maybe a date of some event, right? It's not just exactly. not luxurious brand uh, mark sort of. Exactly right. It's we, so branded merchandise our definition of it is a company's logo on a product for their marketing efforts, for their employees, as a client gift, as some other use for an event, a fun run, a marathon, some type of event where they put their logo on an item to help promote their organization or connect with their constituents in a thoughtful and tasteful way. Right, well, that makes sense. Thank you for this explanation. It's, it's exactly what I wanted to hear. So these items become obsolete as soon as the cause goes back in the, in the archive or as soon as the company gets acquired and the logo changes, etc. So this all, you know, logos and branding items become simply waste. How did you get the idea? How did you get the first idea? Was like, what was the event? What drew you attention towards that specific place? So when we help our clients in Gross and Marketing Group, and they might rebrand, and oftentimes we saw that when a company went through that process, at the end of that process, they might have some excess inventory and brand managers and people who work in other corporate functions 
they're so busy with so many different tasks and deliverables and it's all deadline driven that when it when they finish the rebranding effort there might be some obsolete goods sitting in a warehouse that we might manage or sitting in their offices around the country or around the globe and it can be a real pain point for them a real challenge for them to deal with those items and that's why precisely why we built swag cycle so prior to swag cycle we always counseled our clients to use up the goods that they had wind down that inventory because we care deeply about the environment and we hate to see good items go to waste. But in addition, we had always worked with our clients to help facilitate charitable donations, gifts to local hospitals or other organizations. But we took that idea and the and the expertise that we had and our insights from the field, as well as those from our industry peers. And we tried to build a platform to make it easy for companies to figure out a, a next life in a either a no cost or low cost way for their company. And what's interesting about it is that because we're the only company that's doing it and focused on this branded merchandise industry, which is a $25 billion industry, and there's thousands of companies who sell logoed merchandise to companies, we have actually assisted a lot of our competitors, a lot of competitors to gross and marketing group through Swag Cycle. We've heard from companies all around the globe, actually all not only in the United States, but in other regions in Europe and Asia as well uh, that we've assisted them with too. And it's been thrilling because what's interesting is that the issues that we face here are the same as issues faced in other regions, that there are a, a brand might change or a merger gets announced. And as a result, those items that were up till yesterday useful are no longer able to be used in a corporate marketing or HR context. And that's where Swag Cycle enters. And it's been very gratifying to find a way to leverage our industry knowledge and our infrastructure to incubate this Swag Cycle concept. And it's personally very rewarding for me as someone who's written about sustainability and volunteered my time and uh, for the last 15 years to try to build out this concept and make an impact. And, and so the way it works is when a company contacts Swag Cycle and they reach out and they're interested in recycling or donating items, we first, at the first question we ask is, can the goods live on in the marketplace? Can we facilitate a charitable donation? And if the answer is yes, then what we try to do is we match up those items with an appropriate charity. So a perfect example is a technology company in Silicon Valley reached out and they had these beautiful moleskin style notebooks, very professional item, very high-end item, but they were off brand. They didn't need them anymore because their logo had changed. And so one of our partners is Dress for Success, which is an organization that primarily helps women re-enter the workforce and get job training and, and find pathways to economic success for their families. And so we matched those beautiful, high-end, brand new, untouched moleskin notebooks with Dress for Success 
for their uh, women's professional programming. Another example is a uh, travel company had really nice uh, water bottles, BPA-free metal water bottles. They had a thousand extra, their logo changed. They no longer needed the bottles. And so we matched those up with the United Way as well as the Boys and Girls Clubs for their summer programs. Because again, those are going to people who might not be able to afford a $20 water bottle that sometimes we take for granted. And so it's, it's really gratifying to be able to match up a company and their items, their high-end items with a charity that can use them. One other example that we, we wow. took a lot of pride in was a pharmaceutical client, pharmaceutical organization. Uh, they reached out, they sold their commercial portfolio of pharma drugs to another company. So all of their existing items with their logo on it were no longer useful. One of the kits included individually wrapped toothbrushes. And so we actually found a charity called Project Stretch Dentistry, which is sort of like Doctors Without Borders, but for dental care, focusing on low-income children in the United States, as well as Central and South America. And we facilitated that donation of those toothbrushes, individually wrapped, unopened from that pharmaceutical client to Project Stretch. And there's a whole host of examples like that. That's so cool. So I imagine you work with a huge network of recipients as well as givers. How did you set it all up? How big is the team? You know, how, how do the daily operations look like? Because Grossman Marketing Group has been incubating Swag Cycle, we are able to leverage some of the corporate resources and infrastructure and personnel of the overall company. But we try to focus on building Swag Cycle like a lean startup. There's a, there's a book that's been big in the business circles called Lean Startup. And we tried to build a, almost a minimum viable product to see, and to see the reaction and collect information, to see if there really was a concept here. So we, we, we designed the logo, we built out the website, we invested heavily in search engine optimization so that people searching for this exact challenge how to recycle branded merchandise, how to donate obsolete goods, could find Swag Cycle because that's the biggest challenge is the search cost at a company where, where these brand managers and other folks are trying to figure out what to do. They don't know where to go for it and they don't necessarily have the bandwidth to research a charitable partner in all regions of their country close to their various offices or their warehouses Uh, or recycling partners. So that's, we, we did the legwork for them. Uh, so we have a, a pretty robust database and relationships on the ground. And we've developed a number of charitable partnerships with these organizations, like I, I mentioned, United Way, Dress for Success, Boys and Girls Clubs, Delivering Good, Project Stretch Dentistry, and a whole host of others. And then leveraging some of the expertise from organizations like Product Stewardship Institute and other relationships that we have. We have fantastic relationships with textile recycling companies around the United States. A popular item in the branded merchandise industry are battery sticks to charge your devices with your logo on it. Those can be particularly damaging if they're discarded uh, in an unsafe way. 
And so we have a relationship with a best in class company that recycles those products in a, in a safe manner. The way that we currently operate is we continually build relationships and build partnerships with charities and we always vet them. We want to ensure they're a 501c3 organization, they're a tax exempt organization, they're, uh, you know, they, they have filings uh, that are current because we would never want to advertise to a corporate donor that they're giving to a worthy cause and then have it turn out not to be a, the case. Uh, that's never happened with us because we do the work in advance to ensure that our charitable partners are legitimate. In addition, we continue to research and visit with, in the age of COVID, primarily over Zoom or FaceTime, these recycling plants. And so we hear from companies every day, very large organizations, Fortune 500 companies, we've helped a number of them with small engagements as well as very large engagements. And we'll hear from uh, an organization and we ask the first question, can these goods live on? And if the answer is no, they can't, they need to go away from the marketplace, then we will match those items with an appropriate recycling partner. If they can live on, then we match those items with an appropriate charitable partner. We try to make it very simple, but there's a lot of complexity under the hood that we handle to ensure that it's a simple process and an attractive process for uh, prospective corporate users of, swag, of the Swag Cycle service. Yeah. Have you considered upcycling, matching with some craftsy, artsy people or foundations or something like that, studios? So we actually do upcycling. An example that we did fairly recently was a, a big publicly traded technology company reached out to Swag Cycle and they had a lot of um, obsolete t-shirts from a marketing campaign. And they were okay with the goods potentially living on in the marketplace or being recycled. They didn't really have a preference. We actually matched those items with a charity called Greening Greenfield in Greenfield, Massachusetts, where a community craft project where the shirts were uh, cut down and sewn into tote bags. So it was a, a crafting project that was really fun for people. But what we also do when the goods can't live on in the marketplace, we have a nationwide network of textile recycling companies and partners. And so what happens with those sorts of textiles is that they, if they can't be reused as clothing, recovered textiles may be cut into products like wiping rags or polishing cloths that are then used in commercial and industrial settings. And then oftentimes also materials, especially with some polyester content get reprocessed into its basic fiber content and the fibers are then remanufactured to create new clothes as well as to create products like furniture stuffing, upholstery, home insulation, products like automobile soundproofing. I've learned a lot from this process, carpet padding and other building materials and, and various products. What was the weirdest, now that you said about, um, you mentioned car proofing, what was the weirdest um, upcycling product, upcycled product? So it's, it's interesting. We, we helped a company. Uh, they were an in-home care medical organization in the Midwest, and they rebranded. 
and their goods could no longer be in the marketplace because the items were more like uniforms and they didn't want the uniforms to be donated to a charitable cause and then have people wear those items and potentially impersonate their staff uh, because those staff go to people's homes. So we actually helped them and we, we brought the goods to a, one of our textile recycling partners and we had the logos cut out from the items. So before shredding, their logo was gone and the logo was, was a tiny little piece of the item and that went away and everything else got reused, um, whether or not, and, and for the appropriate application. So if they were cotton t-shirts, they might be shredded down and turn into a painter's rag that goes into boxes that you'd buy at stores like Home Depot. Or uh, oftentimes also, uh, what I've learned about this is that boat building companies, when they hand stain deck holes and, and decks of boats, they use cloth uh, rags. And so the t-shirt that might get cut down gets turned into products like a rag that can be used to hand stain a boat deck, as well as when you have granite countertop installed and the granite is getting finished at the mill or at the finishing studio, they use cotton rags as well for some of the, the hand polishing. So who knew that a promotional t-shirt could then be used to, to hand stain a boat deck or make a, a granite countertop for someone's home? Impressive, impressive work that you are doing at a scale. Like, I think I'm just starting to comprehend the scale of it because you always take your own example as, you know, as a point of reference. Like, okay, let me think how many branded t-shirts do I have? Well, a couple from some events, but then that's it. I don't like it. And I honestly, in the first place, never take uh, additional uh, notebooks or pens. I try to leave things as they are and not to, you know, not to generate a, a lot of demand for exactly this branded merchandise. Also because I am maybe a little bit paranoid. I don't want people to know what kind of event I attended, which organization I have affiliation to or things like that. But I understand my example and my, you know, couple of t-shirts is not what is really happening on scale in, you know, in, in a big country like the U.S. I know that you have a newsletter uh, dedicated to Swag Cycle, and I came across some impressive numbers, such as you kept 171,871 items out of landfills, facilitated close to half a million dollars of donations to charitable causes. What other impressive numbers do you have to share? Those statistics, thank you for, for bringing that up. Those statistics were as of the end of Q1, 2021. So now currently the statistics, we've rolled over half a million dollars were about $540,000 of charitable donations facilitated and a little over 200,000 items kept out of landfills. And we're working on some very large engagements right now. Our run rate has been accelerating significantly. And we've been hearing from some very large, um, and these, these range from Fortune 100 companies 
publicly traded technology companies, as well as uh, universities and other organizations. Um, sometimes also what happens is in various fashion industries and in our industry as well, there might be a misprint. We supported a nonprofit. Um, they produce shirts, not with gross and marketing, but with a, a different organization. And they put the incorrect quote on a shirt and they produced several hundred of those shirts and they couldn't use those in the marketplace, but we, we helped them out. And we, and those items, those were cut down and turned into products like painters rags and, and that we, that we talked about, but the statistics have been really accelerating. We have operated in, in several countries, probably at this point, close to half of the States in the United States. And, you know, again, we're hearing from companies every single day because the word is spreading. And, you know, we've just, we've tried to get the message out there because we really genuinely care. It's, it's something that has been personally a, a, a cause for me, environmental sustainability and uh, concepts like landfill divergence and keeping things out of landfills. Uh, there are some stunning statistics that uh, only just a very small percentage of, so why I focus on, sometimes I talk about textiles quite a bit. It's because in the promotional products industry, the brand and merchandise industry, overwhelmingly the largest product category is apparel. So a little less than half of the 30 to 40% of the goods in our industry are, are apparel, are textiles. And I mean, there are just some stunning statistics of the amount of items that don't go into a landfill. So, you know, according to the United States Environmental Protection Agency, only about one sixth of clothing and textiles are being diverted from the waste stream for recycling purposes, which means that the vast majority of textiles at the end of the line go in a landfill when they don't need to. Currently, clothing and household textiles currently make up more than 6% of the entire United States waste stream, which is the equivalent of more than 80 pounds per person thrown away annually in the US. So again, that's not just promotional items, that's overall, that's clothing in general, that's items like sheets and towels and belts and purses and shoes. But what's unfortunate about that is that people don't know that the vast majority of those items can be reused or recycled or upcycled in some way. And so, you know, for example, we try to, Swag Cycle tries to make the problem go away and we try to assist with, pe with, with people and companies with their waste, but it's pretty easy if people actually search, you know, people can go online and find clothing collection bins in their community or even at municipal waste collection sites in their, in their cities and towns. People can give items, you know, to, and donate items to thrift stores and, what happens, as I mentioned, is that, you know, recovered textiles that can be reused or recycled, but can't be used as clothing can be cut up and turned into rags or ground down and reprocessed into the, the basic fiber content. Um, you know, one project we did was with a pretty big company and they had like track jackets that had a lot of polyester content. And so that those items get ground down and combine with other materials and get turned into new 
polyester yarn and get turned into new clothing down the line, which is, which is very satisfying, which is, you know, very satisfying and gratifying to us. But, you know, again, there's so much waste that happens in the fashion industry. And I mean, the global fashion industry, which is a $2.5 trillion industry, it generates more than 10% of global greenhouse gas emissions, which is more than all international flights and shipping in total, according to the UN. So if we can keep some items out of landfills and find reuse applications, hopefully in charitable um, components or in with companies like Patagonia, where they take back items and they get potentially repaired and resold, you're seeing a change in the marketplace where people are more accustomed to wearing secondhand items, not necessarily for economic reasons, but for environmental reasons. And so we try to share all of these insights with companies about why it matters to care about sustainability. I think by now they generally know, but the statistics are very clear that, you know, and I, we saw this interesting research paper that was published in the Stanford uh, Innovation Review, where it said that 88% of business school students believe that it's a priority to include environmental and social issues in their curriculum. And 67% stated that they want sustainability to be part of their postgraduate jobs, which means that if a company cares about the environment and is committed to the environment, it's not just going to help the environment and keep items out of landfills, but it's going to help those companies recruit and retain top talent. And without top talent, companies can't thrive into the future. Yeah. You know what I'm thinking now? The thought that I had was like, oh, I want to touch base with Ben in five years and hear that he ran out of business. He kept every possible branded merchandise out of landfill and now he's doing something else, something crazy, something different. What are your predictions, by the way? I, in terms of for Swag Cycle, yeah. I, I see the data. I, I see that our inbound uh, leads have been growing and really at an almost an exponential rate. We're hearing from more and more new organizations and companies each day who are recognizing that Swag Cycle is the authority in the marketplace in our in in this niche industry that we operate in. Mm-hmm. And so I, I I believe that we're going to continue to make an impact and build and continue to facilitate significant uh, charitable uh, donations, which is our top priority, is to find a way to do good and take these items, keep them out of landfills and get them into the hands of organizations where they can make an impact. We just facilitated a large donation of backpacks from a big company that rebranded to um, an education focused nonprofit that works with kids and these kids need backpacks. So it's a perfect match, just like the earlier example I cited of the Moleskine notebooks going to dress for success, getting backpacks and going to kids is the highest and best use of those items. A better use where you're reusing those items, they're new items and they give those kids and in the case of dress for success, adult women, dignity and respect that they deserve and find a way to make an impact we have helped also recently an, another charity in the New York area called Silent Cry, where they help formerly incarcerated women 
uh, re-enter society. And oftentimes these women don't have much and it's so gratifying to be able to find items that are high quality that can help them with whatever they need, whether or not it's stocking their cabinet with a few coffee mugs that are untouched and clean and brand new and never been used that a corporate donor doesn't necessarily need, but these women desperately need. And in the same way, like Dress for Success, these women want to go to job interviews and carry themselves very professionally and have excellent quality items. And we're, it's, it's, it's very meaningful to me personally to be able to leverage the infrastructure that we have and the platform that I personally have as the steward of a fourth generation family business to do well by doing good. So I believe that Swag Cycle is going to continue to grow and the numbers are, going to, are, are continuing to accelerate. We are seeing other applications for what we do already, where companies, when they close offices, don't just come to us for a place to steward their branded merchandise, but potentially their other items too, desks and other office furniture. And we're currently exploring some partnerships there. Um, so we're, we're, we're seeing, we're experimenting sort of the lean startup model where we know it's a good platform to facilitate charitable donations and to keep items out of landfills, but we're trying to figure out if it might end up being its own freestanding waste management service. Uh, waste management is a huge industry and we know that it can be done better and more environmentally responsible. And if we can bring our insights uh, to bear to the marketplace, uh, we'd love to be able to spread that message. That sounds so cool. Are you planning to open any branches in other parts of the world? We are currently exploring it. We've heard from other uh, organizations that have been interested in partnering with Swag Cycle in Asia, in Europe, in Canada, in South America, and we're, we're exploring it. We we're trying to figure out the right model first, but we would be thrilled. And if any of your listeners hear Swag Cycle and hear about Swag Cycle and want to learn more and find a way to potentially partner, uh, we'd be thrilled. Our, our website is swagcycle.net, www.swagcycle.net. And if they fill out the contact us form, either I or a member of my team will be in touch. And then they can find us also on social media and interact with us there. Uh, but we'd love to hear from people who have ideas and, and, and also give us feedback, see what we're doing and what can we do better? We want to learn. Excellent. Thank you so much, Ben. Well, I'm living under impression that the world needs more platforms, facilitating platforms and more initiatives like yours. And it's at these moments that I realized that across the globe, everywhere on the planet, the issues are really the same. It doesn't matter whether you're in the US, in Ukraine, in Pakistan, you know, in Turkey, where I am now, the core issues, the global problems are the same everywhere. And the faster we learn to partner and to collaborate and to do it in a friendly way, the better we will all be. I 100% agree. We all share one planet and we need to do better collectively to steward this one planet so we can all have a shared 
future together. It's going to require international collaboration for us to create the future that we all want for the next generation and generations to come. Definitely. Well, and finally, and traditionally, my last question. I always ask my guests to provide one piece of advice for the listeners. What would be yours? My mother is a theater historian. Uh, she's a professor at Tufts University. And so I've had the uh, privilege to see theater and discuss theater uh, with her over the years. And there's a quote that uh, I'd like to share with you, which, which explains the advice. So the advice is when you see something in the world that you want to try to make an impact on, go do it, get started. And the quote that I wanted to share is by William Shakespeare. It's from Measure for Measure. And it's a quote that my mother taught me years ago, uh, probably when I was in junior high and struggled like lots of people do with self-doubt. And the quote goes like this, our doubts are traitors and make us lose the good we oft might win by fearing to attempt. And so just as an example with Swag Cycle, we had this idea and we could have just written about the idea and not taken action, but we identified this opportunity and, uh, and a way for us to potentially make an impact. And we decided to pursue that opportunity. And sure, we doubted what, we may have had doubts about whether or not it could work out, but we wanted to give it our best shot. And so we did not let our doubts become traitors and lose the good we oft might win by fearing to attempt. We actually have attempted and we've made an impact and we have a lot more to do. But that advice that my mom gave me when I was in junior high, that quote has stuck with me and resonated with me all throughout my life. So I, I'm, I'm pleased to be able to share it with you and your listeners today. That's fantastic. You made me think of my... Uh, the phrase that resonated with me when I was uh, your age, junior high school, and that was, don't laugh, don't trouble, trouble until trouble troubles you. That's excellent. Very different from yours. <laughs> but Ben, thank you so much for being with us today, for sharing the wealth of your experience. And, oh, I, I can feel the energy that is coming from you. And I see that you're really passionate about this subject, about this cause, about this initiative. And I wish you the best of success transforming the world of branded merchandise, of waste management, of diverting more and more items from landfills. And given the projects, the, the items, the second life. Thank you, Anna. I'm so grateful to have the opportunity to be with you today. And I just have so much respect, like I said earlier, for what you do and, and your sustainability endeavors. And I'm just honored to uh, be with you and share the story with your listeners and look forward to any feedback that uh, you or uh, your listeners have. We'd love to hear from people. Definitely. Super. Thanks so much. Goodbye. Thanks for being here with us today and for listening to this episode. This was episode number 91, season 8 of Sustainability Export. If you liked this episode, found it useful, going to implement any advice given by Ben or maybe even myself, please let me or him know via LinkedIn. All the links to our profiles you will find in the description to this audio. 
Subscribe to this podcast not to miss any new episodes. And if you like it, please leave a review, rate, comment on the platform you're listening on. This will help other people to discover the podcast and help them educate themselves on the matters of sustainability. Thank you once again for listening and until next time, next Thursday. Take care, stay sustainable. Bye-bye.